Hey, what's going on, guys? AJ here. Um, going to be bringing you guys a special episode today. I'm doing a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look here for you folks. I am doing a, uh, an interview with, and let me just pull it up here. I am so sorry, Lauren. Don't hate me here. Um, I am doing an interview with Lauren from Purpose Jobs. Uh, this is my second piece that we're doing. And we're talking about Sojo Signal. We're talking about Hire Ally. We're talking about Beyond Brand. We're talking about transparency. We're talking about uh, DE&I. We're talking about how organizations can get better at, at leadership. We're talking about how organizations can get better during the hiring process. We're talking about how employees need to be uh, need to be communicated the uh, the truths, the operational realities. We're talking about all the things that you guys know I love, and so please enjoy this behind the scenes listen. Uh, it's an article that will be written and coming out in a few weeks here, but I just want to give you guys a little bit of behind the scenes listen, engagement, uh, insights, perspective, and um, yeah, that's about it. Enjoy. What is Sojo Signal? Um, I think I got the name of the business right. Yep, correct? Sojo Signal. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I guess let's start this way. When we did our last chat, I forget. Did we talk about Beyond Brand? A little bit. You said you were like doing a new initiative through that. With yeah, just yeah. You can give background. Yeah. yeah. So essentially, um, long story short. About a year ago, I started Beyond Brand, um, and and I guess looking at some of the other questions, I guess I'll hold off on what the mission was, but inevitably, I started Beyond Brand. Um, like any great startup founder and entrepreneur, I tested it with a few folks, um, learned a lot, started scaling it out a little bit, and then I always joke around with people, I'm really not that talented of an entrepreneur to go direct to par- uh, to consumers. Um, whether that's in product form or that's in service form, I do a great job of like creating something that's just different enough and then attaching it in like an integration format um, mm-hmm. with someone, some, something or someone uh, or a brand that's larger and that's moving and then bring enough value to them that it makes sense and then vice versa. And so um, long story short, what Sojo Signal is and how this all came about is I took the Beyond Brand company and organization and team and I met the founder of Social Signal. Her name is Jasmine. She was through an incubator that I was an advisor for. And then inevitably, we decided to make a partnership. And so I wanted to give that little bit of a context because I think that is important how it all came about. Um, but Sojo Signal, in its simplest form, is an organization that is driving very deep into transparency. Um, we believe that many organizations are horrible at being transparent during the hiring process and we are more interested in the operational fabrics when it comes to transparency, not the high level employer branding type transparency variables that a lot of organizations are doing today. And so there's two phases of Sojo. Sojo number one, again, to make it really simple, we love transparency. We want to help organizations create content that they can plug into ATS systems or in any format, frankly, and send that content unpacking the operational realities and true essence of the organization um, to applicants very early in the process. And we contextualize it to a department. And so I always use the example, if you're hiring a marketing uh, representative, you know, a copywriter or someone that is editing content, whatever it is, I want and we want the head of marketing or the CMO to be the one on the recording. And so inevitably we are having a 
very deep, facilitated conversation, getting that content into a really uh, easy to consume platform, which is on the landing page, and just really easy for the, the applicants to go through. And um, inevitably, the applicants learn a lot more about the organization operationally uh, prior to actually even being uh, asked to be part of an interview. So we plug it in soon as they're done hitting the apply button. So um, that is kind of a lot, but that is what social signal is in its essence. And but it really, really hones in on like driving transparency, and um, and then there's a D and I component we can talk about a little bit. So, cool. Um, so it sounds like Beyond Brand is still Beyond Brand, which is kind of a part of this, a part of Social Signal. Um, is that correct? Or like, I guess we don't have to be like yeah, we like a technical name on it. Um, but yeah. So- I yep. explained it correctly. So the name of the service itself. So what happened is Beyond Brand was a service that was underneath of the E1B2 Collective. Um, and so Beyond Brand is no more technically. But it. right okay. now it's called Hire Ally. So Hire Ally is the name of the service. And then it's connected to Hire Allies underneath of Soja. Cool. Yes. Um, and when you say Hire Allies, do you mean like higher as in like higher or lower or like higher like, like you're hiring someone to join your team like higher like h-i-r-e okay yep 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 well because i i have that in my notes and i think i wrote down higher like like higher, higher lower yeah, yeah and then i was thinking i was like it's probably higher like yeah because of the hiring. context yeah um cool okay higher allies um and then i guess before we jump into some of the dei stuff can you give an example of like an operational reality that you would be transparent about? Like what, what, like how, like how nitty gritty are you getting into that? Um, yeah, pretty idea deep. Of like an operational reality. Yeah, pretty, pretty deep. Um, I'm going to actually pull up something really quick just to give you like a realistic example. Um, yeah. So I'll give you two as it's pulling up. I, obviously I know the company, so I'll just name one because my computer is being slow. Um, the first I can say is decision making. Um, and we get really granular. So every single department and every single leader has a certain style and frameworks that they utilize, whether they know it or not, when it comes to making decisions, right? Making decisions on projects, making decisions on initiatives, making decisions on whether you are, quote unquote, allowing those that are in your team to do certain things a certain way. Uh, workflow can kind of be connected to decision making. Autonomy can kind of be connected to decision making. Uh, we want to know, as a leader of a marketing department, if we're going to use that example, uh, what are those what are those uh, realities for you as a leader connected to the department? The number one thing that we believe in is we always want to make sure that every single applicant in the macro world understands that brands will not change for you. You need to find a brand that is already operationally structured that fits who you are. And so um, that is one category that we focus on. Um, another category that we focus on is going to be uh, career mapping, but uh, it's really deep. And so what we mean by career mapping is we inevitably want to know uh, within that exact department, what are you going to do as a manager and what processes, systems, expectations overall just day-to-day understandings of who you are as a leader, how is that showing up when it comes into career mapping? How is that showing up for this new hire coming in? And so really simple example, like if, again, if a copywriter is being hired into the marketing department, but that copywriter significantly has aspirations to try to become, and you may know this better than I do, what's like the next stage of a copywriter? Because you may know this example better than I do. 
Yeah, maybe like you go copywriter, senior copywriter, like editorial manager. Let's say they want to get to editor in chief or something like that. So what we would do is say, let's say they want to get to editorial manager, right? Um, We want to know from that marketing director right in this moment, like paint for us a picture what it would look like for that individual to get from where they are to that particular position and be very transparent with us. What is the realistic possibility of that happening within an 18-month window of time, for instance? What systems, what processes, what, what talent development capabilities do you guys have currently? How much, is that, how much is that realistically a focus for this department and for you personally as a manager right now? Because the issue that we found just in macro employer branding and macro organizations, you and I both know this. Companies are always going to say, there's endless opportunities here. We love our people. We develop our people. But one thing that I knew as a founder and as a leader, there are many moments where we are head down, we are busy, we're going through acquisitions, mergers, new business, COVID-19. Like there are so many things that can be swirling where maybe in the heart of hearts, the organization and the department leader wants to support them in career mapping, but maybe they don't have processes outlined right now. Maybe they don't have the time and the dedication outlined right now. Maybe they don't have the skill to do so. And for us with Sojo, we want to make sure that we get to the, to the center of that truth. You'd be very surprised how many applicants would appreciate you being real with them that, look, we don't have everything figured out quite yet when it comes to career mapping, but we are open to hearing some suggestions and we're open to doing a couple of different things based off of the applicant's preferences or needs. But right now, if we're going to be transparent and honest, we don't have too many processes in place. And so like that little rant I just gave, like, the applicant will be hearing that in their ear before they even get to the interview. And so the last thing is, the punchline is, as the applicant's listening, they know in their heart that they need to get to that role in 18 months. That's what they want to do. That's what they told their fiance. That's what they've been telling their mom. And that, that's what they want out of an org. And they just heard that there's no direct structures to make that happen. And so it may not be a good place for them. And they would have never have known that until six months into the role. So that's just an example. Yeah. So it probably helps candidates be a little more self-selective. Yes. Um, and then my, my guess is it you just it's all about quality over quantity, right? Like yes. you're getting candidates that have already like they know it and they're they're on board from the start. They're on board with what you have in place and who you are authentically as an organization today, so that you know you know the punchline. You cut down time to hire. You cut that, you know, you're talking to the best of the best because they actually engage with what you do have. And then as you unpack and divulge all of your operational truths, now they can hit the ground running because it wasn't like. I apologize for cutting out. Let's get back to the show. imagine retention would be higher too because they're not blindsided yep. they come in and they, they know what to expect instead of like oh no i didn't know that this would be like this and then they're, they're like yeah. nope not me and they're out yeah for the clients that we work with there's been a 35 percent increase of retention for the clients that we've been working wow. with um and then the the overall um we've had certain organizations send out surveys to after the first 90 days of a new applicant AKA an employee coming into the org and those satisfaction rates and those responses are, you know, significantly uh, better and, or the organizations have just never even heard of that amount of praise before, um, around 
just how happy and how thoughtful and how um, quote unquote woke the organizations are now. Um, and applicants never gone through that process before. And that's really, that really helped them in their first 90 days, have a relationship with their manager, kind of have like insider traders secrets before they even got into the role. So just a couple data points that we're kind of looking at. Oh, that's awesome. Um, that's really good for the article too. People love to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's really relevant right now too. You know, people are talking about the great resignation yeah. and people are quitting their jobs. And so having, having tools like this, I think, um, is something that employers are, are really interested in. So yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, cool. Do you want to jump into some of the DEI stuff? Yeah. And I can keep that one brief. Like, and it's important, but it's brief and you can go into any rabbit hole. So, um, <laughs> There are, there's two versions of this inevitable process, but let me move past the actual process and get into the fabrics of it. Um, okay. There's operational culture and then there's DE&I. So operational culture, and I finally have it pulled up. Let me give, give you some examples of what I mean when I say operational culture. Operational culture, mm-hmm. we're talking about OKRs, KPIs, decision-making, career mapping, workflow, um, leadership personalities, um, uh, skill development, um, the list can go on and on, right? Of like, like real operational nitty gritty things that are happening, learning and development. We want to know like just real operational, why does someone stay in the org? Those are some of the categories of like, if they appreciate those things, then you go over to DE&I. DE&I is a whole different ball game. And for us, what we wanted to do is we wanted to try to unpack what are organizations doing internally? What processes, systems, structures, expectations do they have internally that they will be comfortable communicating to diverse talent specifically in the same way before they even get into the interview? So same exact process as you as I've already unpacked, but just talking about DEI components, right? Just talking about you know, are your folks going through unbiased trainings? Are your folks, you know, walk us through directly how your folks are appreciating, um, your managers are appreciating uh, a diverse of workflows or a diverse of, of thoughts or opinions or, or uh, you know, please paint us really clear examples of how you've spent a lot of time making sure your underrepresented employees have scaled throughout the organization from not only pay, but, uh, but, but job title and responsibility. Walk us through transparently what your thoughts are on like on everything that's happening right now in the DEI space. And so we want to, we have all those categories and then we do the exact same process. We push in a very empathetic way for the organization to be honest. And then we send that information directly to only diverse candidates that are coming through. Mm. And so um, you can probably assume why we want that because for us, it's not good enough to have uh, people of color, uh, people with different genders and backgrounds. It's not just enough there. That's cool and that's great and we love that. But now we need the organizations to take another, another step forward. Like, you know, one of the questions we ask, one of the categories is like, what's happening with your managers? So like, do you have any systems, structures, processes, leadership training that you do for your managers? They'll tell us certain things that they've been doing in, in, in the E&I world. And then we'll say, walk us through your policy around if your managers are just not cutting it. Like, if they just can't get it. Like, they have not jumped on board with some of these new understandings and learnings in the DEI leadership space. Are they being fired? Like quite literally, are they being fired? Are they being held accountable? And 
Uh, I don't, and the hardest thing for me is to not judge. I'm so thankful I'm in the founder seat and I'm not doing these recordings anymore, but it's not our, it's not our goal to judge. It's our main mission is just to extract and then hand deliver all of that content. So we want to know like what's actually happening operationally day to day, week to week, month to month when it comes to DE&I. Please, please, please don't just tell me that you've hired this amount of African-Americans, this amount of Latino X or whatever the case is. Like, let's get more underneath the hood here, please, because what we notice is these folks are churning out. They're coming in. There's no systems, policies, understandings, you know, leadership, you know, capabilities that are connected to them. And then they're just saying, okay, thank you for hiring me. But like nothing changed while I was in here. Like it's the same BS that I'm going through. Let me leave. So that's why we put the DE&I component in there as well. Yeah, that's that's really that's really interesting. Um, and as as you work with companies, um, you said it's you're like extracting the information. So it really is like content, not like consulting. Like, are you advising how companies should have DEI strategies, or it's like that's up to you? And we'll relay that information to Canada. Yep. For us, for us, <laughs> we're just extracting, and it's and now you know, of course, there's been moments where obviously. We have, you know, accepted consulting opportunities because, you know, ad hoc, just after the recording is completely, hey, we want to kind of fix some of these issues that we've realized we've unpacked. But no, it's simply just extraction, right? We just want to get them in a safe place to extract. And then we want to just take that extraction, make it beautiful, make it aesthetically pleasing, make it a nice content, and then just hand deliver it to the applicants. And they can do what they want with it. You know? Yeah. Um, you said something like get them in a safe place. Like, how do you, how do you get a company to like open up about this stuff? I mean, they yeah. would they'd be working with you. And so that that's an expectation yeah. that you have to be open about it. But like, what are some strategies you use to like get people to like be really transparent? That is an answer. I, I don't have a great answer. I can just tell you what we're doing. I don't have a great answer for it. Um, so there's two things that we do. Number one, we explain everything that we're doing upfront. So as we're going through the sales process of trying to lock down the client, when we say transparency, when we say depth, we show them everything. Like it's going to be uncomfortable. Matter of fact, let me show you every single category, every single subcategory. Let me even give you examples of what we mean by getting deep. We want them to understand that. So it's not a shock to their system. The second thing we do is it's still going to be a shock to their system in the actual recording. And so here's Here's what we do. Number one, we do a test run before we do the actual official recording. So we do a test run with the company. So we do a 90 minute facilitated test run that's identical to the actual official recording. And so that is where, and I'll be honest with you, that is where there's BS statements that are pushing back and we push back harder and say, nope, let's get underneath the hood a little bit. But we don't want that back and forth to be on the recording. So we have mm-hmm. the test run. And so how we get them to, to be transparent and safe and honest is number one, they know what they're getting into up front. There's no secrets. We're not pulling any any gimmicks or games. And I think there's a lot of tools and a lot of consultancies that don't always provide that transparent like understanding of what you're getting into up front. And then number two, once they're in the moment, we have the test run. And then in the test run, we are heavy, heavy, heavy into uh, being empathetic to their situation. We're heavy, heavy, heavy into the relationship process along the way making them feel comfortable. And then number three, and this is where I don't have a great answer for it. Um, we're just great facilitators. I don't, 
I, I'm sure there are coaches and leaders out there that can tell you the, the elements of being a great facilitator. I'm more of a founder and a, that type of a guy, so I don't know those things, but I don't know. Uh, we're just good facilitators, and it's important to be a great facilitator because if you can't facilitate and extract by keeping the mind calm and not providing a threat response, you're not going to get what you need. And so um, we don't have any trainings yet to do that because our consultants are have been there from the beginning. And so, But as we scale the organization, we have to bring in new consultants. That is probably going to be a training that I decide to research and bring in from the outside of like, why are we all right now, this this core founding team, why are we great facilitators? Like, what are we actually doing that we don't realize we're doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have a great answer for it. But what I can say is get all your leaders facilitation training and psychological, you know, psychological safety. I apologize for getting out or cutting out rather. <laughs> Let's get back to the show. Thanks a lot, guys. Figuring out what I want to ask you next. I do have a question. Yeah. Um, you've mentioned like recording content. Um, I think the last time we talked, you talked about doing like a podcast recording that like literally a candidate listens to. Is that still the case? Yeah, so this is, so I was probably in like ideation mode or like going through different moments of how, because I think we when we first chatted, it had been a long time. So yeah, um, the punchline is yes, it's, it can either be video format or it can be podcast format, how it's, okay. because each of the, each of the segments are, it's a 90 minute piece of content, but it's chopped down into one to three minute sections of, res- okay. of responses. So it can be in strictly audio format or video format. So yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, my like writer brain was like, oh, content, it's like written out or something. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you, um, do you find that like the audio or, or video is like more successful? Like people listen to that more than they like read? Like do people just like skip over written stuff? Yeah, I think, um, I think with this content, they want to see the leader's reaction. They want to see their body language. They want to see okay. they want to see them noodling and thinking on things. They want to kind of read into how authentic that that statement was. They want to hear their tonality of their voice. Um, and then in written form, and you know this better than I do, a rabbit hole answer that goes for four minutes could be a pretty lengthy piece of content. Um, and so it's easier for them to like listen to something for four minutes than read something that's four minutes or take four minutes worth of audio and then put it in written form be a lot longer, I'm assuming. So, yeah. Um, and do you, like, how much do you edit of these recordings? Like, is it, like, if someone does go off into a rabbit hole or a rant or something, like, that that stays in the recording? Yep, so our recordings are in it on an average between one to three minutes, but we've had some that are nine minutes, six minutes, mm-hmm. 12 minutes. Um, because well, we want to keep the op- the truth there, you know. So mm-hmm. the only editing we do is just saying, you know, moving from one topic to another, and just cutting yep. it off at that. Once that topic is complete, and they're going to another, to a new question or a new category, we just cut it off there. Nice. Okay, yep. that's cool. That's very cool. Um, Oh, we only have a couple minutes. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I'm looking at the questions too here. Anything you want me to kind of talk, cover that's more like value-based? Yeah. I'm 
I'm looking, and we kind of touched on stuff like why is it important for a company to communicate? Yeah. Talked about like, transparency, self-selecting candidates. Is, is there anything else you would you would add to that? I'm looking at it too. It says, you know, how do, how does it prevent employee turnover? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we talked about that a little bit as well. Um, yeah. I guess I can just double down on that for just one second too. Like, um, it pre- it prevents the turnover long term, really, because once they get into the org again. They already the employees already have a relationship and let's stick with the relationship part. They have a relationship and a sense of an understanding of the personality and some of the like nuances and and gray areas of the leader. And so our goal is to extract things that are not great or in the gray area with leaders as well. And so for us, it's, it's a matter of how it helps with with um, how it helps prevent turnover. A lot of folks leave because of some of those gray areas or those those unpredicted moments and those personality traits or things of that nature. And if the applicants are hearing it directly and then they're getting into the interview, asking more questions about some of those areas and they still are comfortable accepting the role, then for us, what we've noticed is they're they're more you know successful to start actually being you know used to that energy and and they can kind of prep themselves on how they're going to react. So. That's one thing. Um, and then, you know, you were asking, you know, because I wrote some things here. I got to want to tell you, know, you were saying, what are some things you need operationally to retain diverse talent? Um, I think a couple of things really quickly address unco- unconscious bias, you know, train managers on it, fire managers on it. We've talked about this already. Um, and um, I think remembering that diverse talent is not just color or, or gender conversations. You know, we need to have systems in place to bring in diverse applicants uh, to really be really be strategic when we're looking at the role. Um, asking ourselves, are we putting in our own preferences around? We need them to have a four year degree and then go to their master's or do we really need that with this role or do we just really need outcomes with the role? Mm-hmm. Um, and then really getting into, you know, knowledge sets and perspectives of inevitably you know, where are these folks coming from and how are they thinking about the workflow of the work and how comfortable are we being flexible with that with that workflow? Um, and then I'll give you two more. I'm looking at the time, um, you know, train managers on how to lead diverse teams. And again, that is not just gender, that is not just color. I think really getting into all the other variables where you're going to have folks that have a different work style. You're going to have folks that have a different communication style and, and training leaders of how to shift and mold to an introvert, to an extrovert, to someone that is asynchronous versus collaborative. Like you got to train managers on how to do that. And then the last thing, building systems to promote diverse employees and uh, correct any wrongs uh, of the folks. Right. So I think. Um, when when we're not promoting diverse employees, being able to audit ourselves and, and ask ourselves why and having someone in the organization that can actually steward that effort and giving that person incredible power to hold leaders and executives accountable and to make change. And so I look at the head of people as kind of that person that holds the gavel and says, like, no, this is what we need to start doing differently. And CFO, CEO, CTO, supervisors like in this moment, like. I am law here. So like, because I don't think enough organizations are giving that power to heads of people when it comes to building systems to promote diverse employees and correct those wrongs that they may have done in the past. So um, I spit those out quick. So I'm hoping you got it. Oh, you're recording this too. So 
Yeah, I type as fast as I can. I used to do it by hand, and then I was like, why am I doing that? I actually think I can write faster by hand than I can type. Yeah. But it's nice, because then I don't have to type my notes. So I've been typing, and then the recording is nice when I'm like, wait, what exactly was that quote? Because I, like, want it word yeah. for word. Or, or, oh, I missed that a little bit. So recording yeah. is good for that. Um, I think that's great, too. And, and um, yeah, promotion is a really important element of it as well. And I think that relates to retention too because if someone's not being promoted they're probably going to seek yep. their promotion at a different job you know it's yep. like okay i'm ready for a promotion and my employer's not doing it so i'm going to go find it someplace else yep. so. cool um really quick um what is your like official title at sojo uh what is that um i think <laughs> it's um or you can email it to me if that's... Yeah, I think it's... Uh, uh, no, I know what it is. I think it's head of... I think it's head of strategic partnerships and, and co-founder. Okay. So it's like a... Because I was... Real, yeah. And co-founder. And it's, and it's on my LinkedIn. Realizing, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. It's on my LinkedIn too if you... if you uh, Whenever you do it. Cool. I was thinking we might need to update your author bio from the last time we posted um, an article from you. Um, so we can, we can email back and forth on that though. Yeah. Cause I wanted uh, this one to directly come from, to some degree from the Sojo signal world, not necessarily mm-hmm. just my world just for a future mm-hmm. thing. So yeah. Yeah. If it makes sense, we can, um, like we can have you be the author still. Yep. Um, and then just like introduce Sojo, like really like front. Uh, like up front at the top and yeah. then like kind of provide the framework for the rest of the article of like this yeah. is what Sojo does and like this is kind of where your expertise is coming from no, if that, that sounds works. good mm-hmm. cool awesome okay anything else no 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 that's it i know you got to run but no that's uh that was great yeah well, i think we got a lot of information in a short time so yeah we did i think there's plenty to write about um and i think it kind of goes nicely with the other article we did too like we talked a lot about transparency there a little bit more from the candidate side um but i think i think this will be great and really very timely too like i said with the great resignation and stuff we've been talking a lot about retention and hiring so um this will be good i appreciate it thank Thank you for the opportunity again